All of us by now are familiar with what happened at the Super Bowl parade in Kansas City. Close to a million people, 800,000 people in attendance. So many people wounded, death involved, mass chaos. In fact, BBC News released an article, it's titled, Kansas City Celebration Turns to a Scene of Chaos. I heard that right now the count of people wounded was about 122 people, many of them young people between like 8 and 15 years old, people scrambling all over the place as the gunshots began to break out, pandemonium, chaos, confusion, and you just saw the footage as we rolled into coverage of what was happening at that event. I want to talk today about how what happened in Kansas City relates to end times prophecy, what that should mean for you and I today, what's going to happen going forward, and I also want to offer an answer for the terrible times that we're living in during the season of the world. First of all, I want to focus on the word chaos. So many things could be shared so many people uh, hurt, so many people terrorized by what, by what erupted. But I want to just focus on the word chaos. Again, BBC News reported chaos erupts at the Kansas City celebration. Evil begins to work itself into the earth pri pr predominantly and primarily through the manifestation of chaos. Let me say it another way. Darkness is alive. Darkness is living. Darkness is not just the absence of light when you turn off the lights in a room and you can't see anything. That's just a symbol. No, darkness is not just the absence of light. It is living evil. There's a darkness that's alive. Darkness is moving. Darkness has intent. I remember years ago, I saw in the night one time the spirit behind a deadly disease. I actually saw the disease moving, the germ moving, and I realized as I saw this germ moving through vision of the spirit that the germ had malicious intent. In other words, the disease germs that invade human bodies, they have intelligence to them. The diseases that destroy our physical makeup have a purpose, and that is to destroy. Cancer eats away. Other diseases, they eat away. They target the human body. That's why when we get vaccinated, the germs that have infected us, they, 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 they figure out, the intelligence in them figures out how to avoid the vaccine so that the, 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 the diseases, the viruses, I should say, figure out how to get around the vaccines. The vaccines that once worked are no longer effective against the virus because the virus has an intelligence inside, inside itself that learns how to get around the vaccine. That's why it becomes a variant virus. It, it no longer is in the same form. It mutates to be able to accomplish its mission, which is to kill and to destroy. Darkness is alive. And the primary manifestation of darkness, and this is just the initial break-in of darkness, is chaos. 
Again, darkness comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And as darkness projects itself into humanity and into the earth, its frontline, its frontline attempt, its frontline manifestation is chaos. So what happened in Kansas City? People were killed, lives were destroyed, people were terrorized, people's mental frame of mind will last for years to come as a result of what they experienced when they were there. But the purpose of this, this horrific attempt to destroy lives in Kansas City, and in fact it was more than an attempt, lives were destroyed. The thing that will be the lasting effect in large is chaos and fear. When those gunshots went off, chaos erupted. And the Bible tells us in the book of Thessalonians that as the end of the, the earth's uh, time of existence closes, in other words, there's a, there's a time period that our Creator has allowed to operate in the earth before He reveals Himself to the world whom He created. In other words, the world is going right now, and people are doing what they want to do, and evil it's run, is running its course, and there's an allotted amount of time that the Creator is going to permit this. Just like in Noah's day, there was an amount of time that the Lord allowed evil to spread, and eventually it got so severe that the Lord drowned the inhabitants of the earth, saved Noah and his family in a flood. Well, Jesus said in the same way, just as it was in the days of Noah, so we're leading to the same event in the future where the Lord is going to destroy sin from the earth and drown out evil, and he's going to take up his lordship. So right now what is happening is darkness is more and more got a foothold, entered into men's souls, become more and more of the bedding of civilization, and as darkness has gotten in, the result has been more and more chaos. So listen again, BBC. Kansas City celebration turns to scene of chaos. I want you to consider this phrase chaos with me, and let's consider what's going on in the world. We've got climate change. We've got ocean temperatures rising to heat levels that they've never been to before. And the result of this rising heat level in the ocean is affecting animal life, marine life, causing hurricanes, producing uh, uh, just catastrophic consequences around the world. We have chaos in the climate. We have chaos with the development of uh, rogue countries developing nuclear weapons, some of which already have nuclear weapons, and the ability of foreign rogue nations to tie into electrical grids, shoot our satellites down from the sky, which would totally destroy our GPS systems and, the, and, and even the military systems. We have chaos and the vulnerability of chaos militarily, in terms of nation against nation, just as Jesus described, and just w waiting for a time for it all to blow up. We've got chaos there. Then we've got chaos economically. I just was watching last night how many millions of dollars are accrued to the U.S. economy 
every single minute. And not only is it the U.S. economy that's accruing more debt every single minute, but individuals, you and I, people, real people, human beings, individually are accruing more debt every single minute because of the fact they're tied into an economic system in the country that's sinking in debt. And we're just pushing it away, pushing it away, pushing it away. And the time is come, coming, my beloved friends, when the Pied Piper is going to have to pay. Economically, we're in chaos. Morally, and I know I'm preaching to the choir right now, but I want you to consider this with me. A lot of people think that things are going to get better, that it's all okay. There's no way to repair the breakdown in the family unit, the breakdown in identity, the breakdown in sexual expression and all the narratives that are being pushed today, there is no way to correct what has happened. Chaos has broken in to the moral fabric of the world. It's tearing everything apart. And when you have chaos, you have no order. And when you have no order, everything collapses. Remember, I began today by talking about what happened in Kansas City is chaos. It was chaos, as you saw the crowd dispersing, people confused, people terrorized, people now afraid to go to sporting events, afraid to go to concerts. I had to cancel a trip to Africa because I got an email from the U.S. Embassy in Kampala warning me from traveling there because of mass killings that were taking place at mass gatherings, and particularly religious gatherings. And so more and more, the world is not able to remain in a peaceful sense of feeling safe because destruction, evil, has broken in, which is producing chaos. COVID might not be as severe as it was a few years back, but the result of it is still producing chaos, where people have become more and more uh, uh, isolated, have formed more and more of an addiction to their smartphone and technology. People are coming farther and farther apart. And the result of this is chaos, because people aren't connected relationally. Darkness is seeking to gain a full foothold and its first attack is to bring chaos. At every level of life today, we're seeing the world breaking apart as chaos has set in. You know, many people have tried to throw out, to throw out Christianity. They've tried to throw out what they consider to be the oppressive yoke of Christianity. And indeed, there has been abuse because we're not perfect. The, evil, the world's not perfect and evil is real. So yes, along with the Christian expression, there have been people that in the name of Christ have done evil things that have caused tremendous pain to many people. And the world is using that as an excuse to throw off Christianity. But let me tell you, when you throw off the yoke of Christianity, when you throw off the moral absolutes, that the Judeo-Christian faith has brought to the world, when you throw off that because you think it's oppressive, you have no idea 
what's coming next. Because the yoke that's going to, to, to replace the Christian yoke, the yoke that's going to replace the Judeo-Christian yoke, is going to be a yoke that's a million times more uh, oppressive and that people and mankind will not be able to bear. You see, the force of darkness is behind all this chaos, not only behind mass shootings, but behind all the other political division, the hatred, the moral breakdown in society, the economic, uh, the, uh, economic breakdown in society. Darkness is behind it all in order to break civilization apart. And once chaos sets in, then evil shows its violent side. What happened in Kansas City was violent. It's just the prelude of what's to come. Now, I want to offer hope today, but before I do, I want to share with you something that happened to me about 30 years ago. Actually, it was probably more than 30 years ago. One night, I literally saw into the spirit world. And if you would have seen what I saw, you would be saying the exact same thing that I'm saying. What I saw was not a dream. It wasn't my mind processing things. It wasn't because I watched some movie. I literally saw reality. I saw into the realm of the spirit. And I saw two spirits. I saw a spirit of life and light. The spirit of life and light was sealed and self-contained. It continually bubbled up newness of life. It was everlasting life, continually bubbling up, something new is uncreated, everlasting life. And the spirit of life that was sealed and self-contained, that was light, it was moving in a divine coordination. In other words, it moved with such incredible grace. It reminded me of one of my best friends in high school that was the most uh, outstanding athlete in the high school. And when he danced, it was like art in motion, such grace. That's the way the spirit of white life I saw was moving, this everlasting life. Now, all around my friend, this sealed, self-contained spirit of white life was a living darkness. The darkness was alive. I saw two forms of life. I saw the spirit of white life it had a life force. And then I saw the spirit of darkness. It also was alive and had a life force, but it had nothing in common with the spirit of light and the spirit of life. The darkness was not moving with grace like the spirit of life was. It was not moving with coordination, but rather the darkness was random. It was chaos. It was creepy. It was like, and none of it made sense. None of it connected. And this darkness had fiber to it. There was a texture to it. And the thing that struck me most when I saw the darkness was the chaotic way in which it was moving. It wasn't too long after I saw Into the Spirit that night that I was watching something on television and some type of horrific scene was about to happen. I don't remember what it was, whether it was somebody was about to get mugged or assaulted. I don't remember exactly what it was. All I remember 
is as they were leading up to this event on the TV, when someone was about to be assaulted, or whatever that event was, but someone was about to be hurt, when they were leading up to that event, music started playing through the television set, and immediately, when I heard the music that was leading up to this assault, I recognized that the music was like an orchestration, it was a projection of that darkness that I saw. The music was moving exactly according to the same pattern that I saw the darkness in, in the vision of the night that I saw. The music in the movie leading up to this horrific event, this assault, was literally a musical projection of the darkness that I saw in the vision of the night, which we can't see with our naked eye. Nevertheless, it's more real than your flesh or material circumstances. I want you to understand, my friends, that what happened in Kansas City, it's just the beginning. More is coming. It's building all the time. There'll be more mass shootings. There'll be more ter terrible things happen in the world. This is what Jesus prophesied in Matthew 24. This is what Paul talked about. The Bible tells us that before Jesus' return, the Holy Spirit that is now restraining evil and has been restraining evil, that before Jesus' return, in the year before His coming, the Holy Spirit that's been restraining evil is going to begin to withdraw. He's going to begin to stop exercising dominion over the powers of darkness. And as the Holy Spirit begins to withdraw, as He begins to pull back His exerting influence, in His place what's going to happen is darkness is going to arise. The Holy Spirit's been restraining darkness, but as the Holy Spirit begins to take His hand off, darkness is going to surface, and more and more chaos and violence will be erupting in the planet. It's already happening, and I think those of you that are willing and have enough courage to hear what I'm saying, realize that what I'm telling you is the truth. Things are not going to get better, things are going to get worse, and they're not going to get better until Messiah Yeshua sets up His reign on the earth. Now what should we do? What should we do? Well, for those of us that know the truth, We understand spiritual reality. We know that our Creator is living and that He's a God of love. We know that He cares about us and every hair of our head is numbered. Those of us that know the truth, that know that God loves us, what should we do when we see all the danger around us? Number one, we shouldn't be afraid. Jesus said, when you see these things happen, do not be afraid. Okay, so the first thing you need to understand is you see danger, you see uh, mass shootings, you see viruses, you see terrible things happening on every corner. What should you do? The first thing, don't be afraid. Jesus said, when you see this happen in the book of Luke and the book of Matthew, do not be afraid. Jesus also said, peace I give to you, not as the world gives. Let not your heart be troubled, neither 
let it be afraid. So number one, when you feel yourself being drawn into fear as you see what's going on around you, remember Yeshua's words. He told us these things were going to happen. And he said, when we see them happening, he said, don't be afraid. That he has a peace for us that's separate from the world. We're not going to have peace based on what's happening in the world. And as long as we're connected to what's happening in the world, we'll never have peace. We have to find our peace through our relationship with the Spirit. We have to find our peace in Jesus and Messiah Yeshua. We have to build up our life in God. We have to put Him first. We should start every day by reading the Word, even if it's just a chapter or two every morning. We need to continually talk to God all day long about everything, even if it's just in our heart or in our thoughts. We need to develop our relationship with God. So what do you do when you see all this happen? You don't panic. You don't get afraid. You take it as a wake-up call to recognize how serious of a time it is for you and I to get grounded. Because God gives us a peace that passes understanding. Number two, what do we do? We share the hope we have with others. Greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. You're more than a conqueror, the scripture says, through all these things. Wherever you're at tomorrow, God will be there with you. Nothing can separate you from the love of Christ. Regardless of what happens in the world, you and I have victory in Jesus. And we should rejoice in that and take a stand in that and rise up in that victory because this is the way God wants us to live. He said, look up for your redemption draweth nigh. So we take a stand in truth that we're not afraid. We're going to build ourselves up on God's word. He'll never leave us or forsake us even to the end. He sticks with us closer than a brother. We have power that's being administered to us that will enable us to overcome every circumstance we ever face. Baruch Hashem, bless the name of Jesus. And when we're strong in this reality, what we also now do is share the hope we have with others more than anything else right now. People are starving for hope and you have the answer. As I close today, I want to share with you one other experience that I had approximately a year ago. It deeply touched my heart and I hope the Holy Spirit will anoint what I'm sharing with you right now and touch your heart with it as well. So in this experience, this vision of the night, I found myself in an old country church. It was just a white church, looked like it accommodated about 200 people. It was old-fashioned, but yet it was really clean. It looked really good. It had a white steeple on it. And I was in this church, and there was about 200 people there, and I was just in the pew with everybody else. I was just a worshiper with everybody else that was in there. There was no preacher. There was no sermon going on. There was just 200 people gathered in this old country church, worshiping together. And I never experienced a worship that was so focused and so intense and so in unity. I never experienced anything like that in my life in the natural world. 200 people all looking up, worshiping Jesus and begging Him, 
calling upon him passionately in trust, just imploring him to return. Just so focused on calling him back to return. And the Bible says, let the spirit and the bride, where the bride say, come. So Yeshua's return is connected to his bride, the church, calling upon him to return. You and I have something to do with ushering in his return by calling on him to return. So 200 of us just passionately focused, calling upon God to return. Nothing else was in anybody's mind but one thing, calling upon Jesus to return. No one was looking at their watch. No one was wondering when the service was going to be over. It was 100%, we say in Hebrew, kavanah, focus. Now at the same time in this vision of the night, this dream, at the same time that I was in the church, I could also see what was going on outside the church, I could see into the streets of the city. And when I saw into the streets of the city, I saw people driving their car, going here and there, and they were oppressed. There was an oppressiveness upon the population. There was an isolationist spirit. In other words, people were not connected. I saw them all hurting and suffering, isolated and oppressed. And then the Lord spoke to me and he said, the anointing that you have, and he wasn't just talking to me, he was talking to the 200 people that were worshiping him in that church building. It was really a word for the body of Messiah. He said, for the body of Christ, he said, the anointing that you have, this was his word to the church, to you and I, the anointing that we have that can transform those that are on the outside that are feeling oppressed and afraid and alone and lost and confused. The anointing that we have to share with them, he said, is the anointing of hope. People need to hear what you have. People need to hear you share your story. People need to hear of your hope in Jesus, that you have someone that you can pray to, that you have someone that you're trusting to take care of you, that you have someone that you know that even if everything else in your life fell apart, even if civilization fell apart, even if our country was invaded by a foreign power, no matter what happens, you know that you're going to be okay because you have Jesus. And he is enough. Beloved, now is the time for you to be mobilized and to carry your faith to the world, into your neighborhood, into your workplace, to your neighbors, to your doctors, to everybody that you know, even to random acquaintances. When you meet people, a waiter or waitress at a restaurant, you take every opportunity to share the hope you have because Jesus is alive. When someone asks you how you are, you say, I'm strong because Jesus is my Savior. I'm healthy because Jesus is alive. Someone asks you how you are, you say, I'm loved. Jesus loves me and he loves you too. Beloved, you need to take the faith that you have, you need to take your testimony, and you need to share it with the world. Put your feet on the ground and go. Jesus' last words to the church were, go and make disciples of all nations and preach this good news to the ends of the earth. 
And so chaos has broken out in Kansas City. Chaos will continue to break out all over the world. It will become more violent and it will become more severe. Even though it will affect everybody, you will be protected. Why? Because you're safe in Jesus. God wants you to take the testimony that you have now and bring it to everybody that you know. And every time you make a sacrifice by sharing your faith with somebody, sharing your testimony, sharing the love of God, even if you do it in a very simple way, every time you do that, you're going to be rewarded because Jesus said, not a glass of cold water that's been given in His name will go unrewarded. So go now and be the disciple and follower of Jesus that God has called you to be. The world needs you now more than ever. And not just the world, but your neighbors, your friends, the people living on your street, wherever you go, you share your testimony and you lift up his name. And when he appears at his return, you're going to be shining like a star forever and ever. This is Rabbi Schneider saying to you, Shalom today. God bless you and stay strong in the Lord.